What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Boy Feels. This is episode two, and I'm very excited because I have a guest for y'all. This is Reese, hailing from Charlotte, North Carolina. She identifies as a stud, and that made me hype to have a stud be our first guest, a stud that lives in North Carolina be our first guest on Black Boy Feels. So uh, kudos, shout out, hold it down. And this was a beautiful conversation that illuminated some things um, from a stud about what she's dreaming about for studs healing and growth and um, self-worth in the world. So I think this episode is full of treasure. Please tune in, kick back, get your hydration, and enjoy. Thanks for coming back to Black Boy Feels. So my name is Reese. Um, I go by the name Reese Royalty uh, as far as Instagram and my business. Uh, my passion is herbs. I sell herbal smoking blends. Um, I'm also passionate about about counseling, um, about mental health. And let's see, what else? Um, a fun fact is that I have a background of, in um, in performing and doing spoken words. I used to perform regularly all the time. I still love it. Like spoken word was my first love. I was in D.C. at the time you know, when I was doing, when I was performing all the time. And that's like just a spoken word place. You know, um, once I moved, I mean, I don't know. I just never, I never got back into it. How would you describe your gender expression? I would say, um, you know, masculine identified stud boy. I knew, I knew from early, like basically I started out, um, you know, once I knew that I was into women, I started out being femme, you know what I'm saying? And then just realizing that I wasn't really a femme and realizing that I was more of a boy. And what do you love about your gender expression? That it can't be denied, that it can't be ignored. You know, like I stand out no matter where I go. I just like not blending in, Um, having my own personality, my own thoughts, my own style. It just adds to being an individual. What's been a challenge about living in the world in the way you present? So many. I mean, so many um, challenges. I think one of the challenges is that people see the studness and the masculinity, and a lot of them can't see past that. So that's one of the most challenging things for me is basically looking at my appearance and already already coming to a conclusion. This point Reese makes right here is a huge reason why I started this podcast. Because y'all want to adhere to a gender binary that's corny AF and violent. It's a choice you can choose to quit today. When I was in the world as a fan, I didn't have that problem. Like, people actually wanted to get to know me. Um, and I was appreciated for what I brought to the table. You know, I was appreciated for being smart or as a stud it's just like okay you're a stud end of story people just kind of stop right there as far as the assumptions it really depends on where i am so like at work you know at times like in an office environment for example like i think and and this is not just for studs but for black women in general in the office it's like you're easily accused of being um of being intimidating or being or just being difficult, being a problem. 
you're judged even more when you're a stud, though, because for me, it's like I'm associated with being a black man, like as if I'm dangerous or as if I'm guilty. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I've felt similar kinds of judgments and literal things that have been said about me, like, you know, thinking it was safe to share my ideas, especially in groups of um, other women. And then being told later, like, you really use your male privilege and talk too much. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> male <laughs> privilege? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Like. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm sitting here looking at my paycheck like, I don't get paid like no male. What are we talking about? I know. Male privilege. Like, that's another thing, though. Like, yeah. And, and being a stud, like, people say all types of stupid shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when I was, when I was uh, you know, when I was in the world as a femme, like, I didn't get all of that. I really didn't get all this extra, you know? I feel another thing that I think comes with appearing masculine is dismissal, is the dismissal of your experience. Because all the time when I try to share my experience, it's always being dismissed. Whether blatantly dismissed is in, like, you know, that's not important, or dismissed using words like heteronormative or... uh you know, privilege, patriarchy, things like that. These words that dismiss an entire experience. I'm just like, what the hell? Just say you don't care. I would appreciate that more than using your big academic words to shut me up. <laughs> you know, just, right. just, say, just say, you know what, I don't care. Something you said yesterday when we were talking about um, this, this on this topic of dismissal, like being expected to not express feelings, and when you do that, being ridiculed, do you feel like you experience this in specific groups more than others? Are gender expectations of you the same from LGBTQ community as they are from straight people? I feel, I feel like I experience more um, more discrimination and more judgment in the gay community than I do outside of it. You know, in terms of the expectations between, you know, masculine women and men, whether they're alike or different, very similar. You know, like most of the people I talk to are guys, you know, very similar expectations. Black men just started being humanized. And what I mean by that is that people just started caring about black men emotionally in terms of their mental health. And they just now have a past to share how they feel maybe studs are next. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look how long it took for black women to care about black men. Part of me felt a little twinge when this was said, and I want to acknowledge that black women have been caring for everyone for forever. I'm highly aware of that. And in no way to defend my guest, Reese, um, I believe what she's saying is her perspective and where she's coming from. I do want to uplift and make it clear that it is not black women's responsibility to humanize people who are not humanizing themselves. So there's work to be done from men and masculine people to humanize men and masculinity as well. And at the same time, I have heard some really dehumanizing things from black women <laughs> in regards to men and masculinity. There's work we can all do. I just wanna make that clear from Dallas. I feel like we're not trending yet. You know, in order for certain people to be cared, but cared about, sometimes they have to be trending. Black men started trending because they were getting murdered, right, by the police. It's like when studs start trending, then I think that the community will start caring. There's definitely more more discrimination within the community than outside of it for me. Because outside of it, 
people see me as Reese. You know what I'm saying? Like, being a stud is only, like, 5% of who I am. Like, within the community, there's too much focus on what you look like. And there's not enough focus on who you are, what you believe. You mentioned you lived in a few different places when we were speaking yesterday. Did you feel like that was also a situation for you, you know, being basically flattened for your gender expression and this identity? Did you notice a difference in in different places? Well, in North Carolina, you know, I've experienced more racism, for sure. Um, As far as L.A., I mean... um, you know, L.A. is very diverse. L.A. is very gay-friendly. Um, so, like, the issue of, like, community or visibility, you know, wasn't a problem. But L.A. is just a hard place to move to and connect with new people in general. It's a hard place to make home when you're not from there. And then D.C., I think D.C. was really good because D.C. is kind of, to me, D.C. is kind of woke. You feel me? <laughs> like, when I first came out, I moved to D.C. I actually came out when I was in D.C. That was, like, where all of my, like, baby study years were <laughs> in in D.C. And I think that that was the perfect place. Every time I go into D.C., just, like, the black women here are all gorgeous. <laughs> my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure it was fun. <laughs> so there's a lot of good about D.C. Like, it's down to earth. Even though D.C. is, like, on the East Coast, it's still Southern to me. You know, you were talking about being in the poetry scene and, and uh, D.C.'s more woke. Um, but down here in North Carolina, the racism is an issue. Do you also find that with this being definitely in the Bible Belt, the the sexual repression plays out inside of the LGBT community? Uh, no. I, I think that the South is the raunchiest place. <laughs> like, I don't, repressed where? Like, there's a, a misconception that uh, the South is repressed. No, the South is letting it all hang out, okay? The South is busting it open. The South is, nah, it's quite the opposite. I think because of all of the repression and suppression in the culture is the reason why the South is one of the most sexually promiscuous places that I've ever lived. It really is. Like, people are a lot more um, it's just wild and turned up in the South than other places I've lived. And when I lived in D.C. or when I lived in L.A., like, you know, they're still turned. But, I mean, the South is a whole different story. Like, people just be ready. They just be naked. They just be – and it's hot as hell. So I think that contributes to the <laughs> – like nah, it ain't no it ain't no repressed. They want you to think that. They want you to think that. I ask that question because I think about sexual repression as as not just about you know the act of having sex, but also normalizing gender expression, sexuality, and bodies. So I'm thinking about you know where I am in my town of Rocky Mount. You know I see us from time to time. I see the family. You mean in terms of you mean in terms of visibility? Yeah, visibility. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, language. Like we, I don't know of any. Uh, and I'm I'm new to coming back home as an adult, but I don't know of any places to go hang out. Like where do the lesbians hang out in Rocky Mount? I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. But I'm um, just thinking about community in terms of yeah being visible and out here to start having the conversations that would address what we're talking about today that minimalization 
of your humanity mm. inside of this community, do you feel like that space exists for you? Definitely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, and, and I get what you're saying in terms of visibility because, like, even though, you know, I'm, I'm in – I'm in Charlotte. Uh, there's a lot of studs out here, you know, but even so, I still don't feel seen because the representation, you know what I'm saying, like how they, you know, carry themselves might not be, you know, what represents me. You feel what I'm saying? Like I often find myself alone despite the fact that there's studs everywhere. I'm, I, still, I still find myself alone in my position. In terms of, you know, places to hang out, there's lots of places, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, I was going to touch back on your point about, um, you know what I'm saying, our humanity being, you know, minimized and, and not having that space. Um, I've been trying to have that space since I've been out. Like, I've I've been trying to either build it, facilitate it, or participate, you know what I'm saying, participate in another organizer's, you know, group or event. I feel like in the community, the only way that people see something as valid is if it has a political agenda or if it's overly sexualized. That's the only time people pay attention to it, you know, but I'm not a politician and I'm not, I'm not a politician. So I'm not interested in being politically correct. I'm not interested in using all the terms out of the white feminist dictionary in order to make people feel comfortable. Um, because we don't need comfort. We need to heal. We need the truth. We need transparency. We need transformation. You know, everybody wants to, you know, tiptoe around everybody's feelings, but it's not helping us. It's not healing us. Yeah, what you're saying about wanting transformation and wanting to heal, that that conversation feels stagnant. And I would even say in a lot of just in, in in black community in general, it's a hard conversation to have. So I don't think it's particularly like stud or, or queer or LGBTQ issue, but I mean, people in general were pretty traumatized and that's a difficult thing, but I see so much potential for us to start having uncomfortable, well, continue. I don't want to act like it's never been done, but continue having and expanding those transformative conversations yeah, you know, you said you said uh, um, you know have a bunch of studs to play basketball with. First yeah. of all, like I'm tall as hell and I can't ball. Like I'm just <laughs> tall for I'm just tall for no reason at all. Like there's no there's no practical use to me being tall, you know. And I like, didn't I, play basketball either. <laughs> I can't I can't play. At all. You know, sometimes I try to I try to watch um, you know these discussions these community discussions or, you know, I've attended events, you know, and I always leave wishing there was more. Like, I feel like people, I feel like people avoid the root. There's no, there's no solutions really being discussed. It's just like, this is the problem and this is the problem. And it's like an emotional response, but it's no logical response. Mm. You know, there are a lot of things that we need to unpack. Um, For one, the one that stands out to me the most is internalized self-hatred, internalized mm-hmm. self-hatred. I feel like in general, most black women hate each other. So when you then, you know, have a community of women who are dating women, it's not a surprise then the way relationships turn out or or the, you know what I'm saying, the division in the community. 
Yeah. You feel me? That, that's not a surprise when you look at the overall way that black women communicate with black women or view black women. And it's like, yo, we need to unpack that first. I'm, I'm telling you. Because it's a lot of women attracted to women, you know, who don't like women, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. Um, did y'all catch that? You might want to hit that 15-second rewind button. And after that, ask yourself, are you interacting with dating or around black women and you hate black women? Since you talked about having solutions, the original question was, does your life matter to the LGBTQA plus community? But I want to ask what would have to happen or how would the LGBTQA community have to be for your life to matter? Well, I'll say that most importantly, my life matters to me, you know, um, that's very important. It's very important that your life matter to you. I mean, like like I was saying, you know, before, I think I think this is unfortunate, but honestly, I think what needs to happen is that we need to be trending, which sounds which sounds, you know, superficial, but the community is superficial. Because I've tried to, you know, go the more intimate route, like have conversations, be transparent, um, you know, express express myself and express, you know, how other studs are feeling. Um excluded in the community, you know, feeling ghosted, feeling unsupported. And to be honest, it, that's not enough. Nothing really happens. What I notice is that we kind of have like token studs in the community. Like, for example, Lena Waithe, right? Lena Waithe is extremely talented. You know what I'm saying? And now that, you know, with her popularity, people started caring more about studs, about visibility, you know, and started caring more about you know what I'm saying? Like I, if you've ever kind of like watched the watched uh, Lena Waithe on live and sat in, you know what I'm saying, and, and watched it, like everybody is so interested in what she has to say and what she's been through, and so much love and so much affirmation. And I feel like studs almost have to be athletes or rappers or famous in order to get that same level of um, support. I tried to humanize us, and no one cares. Like it's almost like we have to be popular we have to be super talented yeah i definitely feel you on the trending portion of this and you know doing a feeling check myself that that makes me feel sad and also makes me think i do not think you're wrong on that i find an identity has to get hot before it matters you know like oh we should just treat this person like a person period regardless when I said that we have to be trending, you know, um, I think that was my cynical answer. So I want to give you, <laughs> I want to give you a practical answer. No problem. Yeah. So, but you feel me that that's coming from somewhere. You feel me in order for us to matter to the community, we have to matter to ourselves. That's number one. I think the fact that so many, you know, studs and masculine women um, are very indifferent to making other uh, friends to making other stuff friends very indifferent like either completely not interested or just you know take it or leave it you know um, that's not that's not it right there you feel me um, the bottom line is that we do need each other we need each other and until you can get that through your head I think we'll continue not to matter in the community because we don't matter to each other you know I know so many studs and they're just happy with uh being attached to their girlfriend's hip and just that's it. You feel me? But it takes more than that 
to, you know, for you to develop as a whole person, especially as a black masculine woman, you need an outlet. You need a safe space. Don't think that just being in your relationship alone is going to be sufficient because a lot of studs think that. And then guess what? They end up, I think, overwhelming their partner because their partner is their only support system, their only friend, their only, you know what I'm saying? And it's just too much. We're actually, we're intended to have both romantic relationships and community and friends. You're not just supposed to, you know, dump all of those things on one person. I know a lot of studs who don't even think that friendships are important. They're just like, hey, I got my girl, I'm in love, that's it. But no, because she's never lived your experience. She's never walked in your shoes. She's never gone to the bathroom and someone was like, are you sure you're in the right bathroom? You know what I'm saying? Or you need someone who shares your experience. Everyone does. Everyone needs to be able to have a conversation with somebody who understands where they're coming from. Number two, stop letting, stop letting people say whatever they want to say about studs. I think that's important. I think that we are very weak in, um, you know what I'm saying, standing up for ourselves and, um, you know what I'm saying, expressing our feelings. Like a lot of times we just suffer in silence, you know, or we let people say whatever. We let people say, you know, all studs are toxic. We let people say, you know, use, use the term toxic masculinity every time they speak of studs. Like that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Um, you know what I'm saying? A lot of studs join other studs in attacking, you know, in attacking studs. Like, um, there was a stud who made a whole YouTube video called All Studs Are Toxic. Stop making your focus being chosen and validated by fins. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're driven by that, then you're willing to sell out your whole, you feel me? The whole group. You're willing to sell out the whole group in order for that one person to choose you. Stop throwing studs under the other studs under the bus to make yourself look better. I think we got to take a different approach with each other. Like, yes, there are some studs that are that are toxic. You know what I'm saying? It's, but at the same time, why criticize them so much? Why not just try to teach them? You feel me? Or understand? You feel me? Why not just practice more more compassion with each other? You know, I used to be toxic at one point. It's not because I was a bad person. It's because I was who I thought I needed to be to be accepted. You feel what I'm saying? I feel like there's too much judgment and dismissal that we, you know what I'm saying, that we have towards each other and that the world has towards us. Somebody has to be willing to be like, you know what, I see this person's behavior, but let me get to know them. Let me see what's what's going on. We don't have that from anyone. Who does that for us? Yo, I love this point. Reese is calling us to have transformative accountability and justice amongst us. Who does that for us? Let's start doing it for us. You know, it's more so like, oh, you know, this this stud is doing this. She ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, where do we learn? Where do we have the opportunity to learn through trial and error or to make mistakes? What you're talking about, about this group accountability between studs um, I think that would be beautiful and it is so powerful and necessary. You know, I hope these conversations with people like between you and me can start brainstorming how to do that for ourselves or, or continue brainstorming how to do that for ourselves and others um, out here that are also doing that work and want to come into it because that's that transformative work, not dismissing or 
playing into a narrative that's destructive for everybody at the end of the day, like the point you brought up before about um, many women have a hatred towards women but still engaging in relationships with women. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, we got to fix that, and that starts with and what do you imagine for black boys, studs, lesbians, and women everywhere? What if I what if I just make that specific to masculine women to boys? What do what do I, what do I imagine for us? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, um, because the reason is because I feel like we're often left out of the conversation. You feel what I'm saying? So I just wanna I just wanna focus on us. Um, what I imagine is that we would begin to seek out each other to be like, you know what, I would like some stud friends or and actually kind of pursue that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I try to make stud friends in person, and a lot of times it's a little awkward. But it's awkward because it's not normalized. One day we'll be able to, like, just openly seek out each other, like, see each other as important, you know? Value our friendships in our community with, with each other and stop looking to fins for all of our validation and approval <laughs> because I think that's that's very harmful Within within groups like Facebook groups and things like that, I see a lot of times, you know, a stud will post something, you know, asking for some advice, and it'll be nothing but fins that answer. And that's not to say that fins can't give, you know, good advice, but I think you have to ask someone who, you know what I'm saying, like someone who shares your, your experience, man. You got to value each other. Absolutely. That's that's beautiful. And I thank you for, you know, addressing what you wanted to focus on. And I appreciate you uplifting studs specifically here. Because I agree, I think studs are left out and written off. And I think this um, call that you're asking for to value self and each other is huge. I'm excited. Um, I'd like to continue a conversation with you about this um your personal journey of valuing yourself, because I think I think that's a lifelong process. You know, we're all in it at oh, different, yeah. <laughs> different stages and places, and it's it's um, you know, I think it could be really impactful to hear from a stud, uh, with all the elements of the conversations we've been having over the last day and a half, um, to see all that beauty. So, thank you so much, Reese, for talking. Is there Anything you'd like to drop, if you want people to get in touch with you or follow you anywhere or reach out, would you like to share any contact info? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, first off, you know, thank you for inviting me. You know, I really appreciate that. People can follow me at on Instagram at Reese Royalty. That's R-I-S underscore royalty. And um, you can follow me there. You can check out my herbs, um, you know, check out the things I have going on. All right, y'all, follow Reese on Instagram. Check her out, support, get your herbal smoke blend. Make sure you're of the age to smoke herbal smoke blends. I don't want to hear any problems. And um, Reese, thank you so much. I'm really glad we connected. I look forward to this um, building into a friendship.